Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. Look at that. The voice is cracking. I'm so excited. Libations Friday edition of the Jeff Cameron show. I sound like a an injured rooster the wee hours of the morning, but we are a go. We made it kids. We made it. It's Libations Friday. Lucy Goosey, somewhat Lucy Goosey. Once again, a little bit more buttoned up early in the season as we have a lot of content for you, a lot of guys coming on the show today and all that good stuff. So I'm excited. Welcome in, by the way. Morris T. Lizzie is here. We're actually, at the time that you're watching this, stumbling drunk in New Orleans, face down near a ditch. That's where we are right now that you're watching this. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. But I am telling you that it's a possibility because we're in New Orleans as you're watching this right now. And... uh, (laughs) Well done. We're near a ditch. Pick us up, fellow Knowles. Pick us up. It got away from us early in New Orleans. Tom's never been. <laughs> uh, Libations Friday. Lee Sterling will join us on the show here in mere minutes. It's right. That segment returns. We got picks. It's piggyback. It's all good. I'm excited. I'm glad that my first trip to New Orleans is in my mid-30s. I'll be able to handle this better. So the ditch thing is just completely out of bounds. I yeah, think. of course. I of think. course. Yeah. Well, we have work to do, too. But <laughs> I, would, I would say this. Um, I went, Tom, I, I went to New Orleans many times. Uh, I also I went there for the, for the rematch against Florida after the tie uh, with my dad, and that was a lot of fun. I remember the people wearing – uh, buttons that I can't repeat, but 
just brutal what it said about Florida. People just wore them readily like they didn't care. Didn't matter. Um, and I remember the uh, the way that game played out with Florida State dominating. I remember being there, obviously, for the national championship victory over Virginia Tech. I remember being there for the Ohio State. Man, a lot of, a lot of trips to New Orleans. Uh, a lot of trips. I won't talk about the one. I won't talk about the one that uh, should have never happened, which was the uh, – the gift of a national title that I think it should have an asterisk next to it for Florida, frankly. But uh, I, I will just tell you that I, I've been to New Orleans many times. All of them were either in my 20s or very early 30s. And so a little shaky, a little shaky, Tom. Got a little, I mean, nothing criminal. I didn't assault anybody and I was not assaulted. Um, it's just that the, 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 there's a feeling, there's a buzz in the air in New Orleans. There is, the people are so jovial. The culture is rich. The food is delicious. The music is grand and diverse. And it sweeps you away as you walk around these streets. And I believe New Orleans to be one of the great cities in America. So uh, I like uh, diversity. I like weird I like different. I like, I want as much crazy as possible for my big cities uh, within reason. I don't need it to be dangerous, but I do want places that offer something different than say, I don't know, I could name 35 big cities in America that I've been to that are all kind of similar. So, you know, New Orleans is unique and the history of New Orleans is very, very unique. And those people have been through a lot. So I, I like to go there and have a good time and celebrate. And you're right now enjoying New Orleans with me at the time that our fine folks here are listening to the Jeff Cameron show, which is, which is great. We're having a good time. Yeah. Interesting. So you haven't been to new Orleans in nearly 20 years. Is that what you're oh, saying? Oh, correct. I have. Yes. I have not been to new Orleans post Katrina. Wow. Okay. Right. So <clears throat> I'm excited to, to get back and to see um, how the city's doing. I, I really hope they're doing well. I have a before and after snapshot in my head. I have um, some friends that have uh, either lived in New Orleans and care deeply about New Orleans that have since left and come back. And, you know, there'll be a a guide. I know some people that are already there right now at the time that we're doing this show. They got there on Wednesday. Um, So they're they're not afraid. You get there on Wednesday, you're not afraid. I'm just glad that this is a game that doesn't feature Florida State playing a a team like Florida because – there really isn't much for Florida State and LSU to argue over until the ball kicks off, which makes for, I would think, a grand atmosphere Thursday, Friday, and all day Saturday as well. I mean, if you see an LSU fan, you nod and you smile. You give them a thumbs up and you say, see you tomorrow. It's nothing, it's nothing combative. Like, for example, years ago, back in 2014, which is nearly 10 years ago at this point, when we were in Dallas, Oklahoma State fans were oddly chippy. It was strange. I don't know if that's the inferiority complex from the Oklahoma thing talking or that we were the big bad Knowles that had just won a national championship and Jameis Winston was a polarizing figure. I don't know what it was, but they were they sniped a lot. Like, what are you sniping for? Just- I think being in Stillwater, I think that, you know, if you're living in Stillwater and you're the vastly inferior of the Oklahoma schools, uh, you're stuck out there in the middle of nowhere having accomplished nothing ever in the history of the program, you might feel 
a little bit inferiority. You might feel that. I think that's probably part, you know. But that's not our problem. You know, it's just that there was an, it was an interesting atmosphere between those two fan bases. LSU fans are great. I mean, we experienced it for the baseball uh, super regional a couple of years back. And baseball fans cut a little bit different. I think in, in the grand scheme of football, basketball, and baseball, the most laid back are baseball fans just by nature of, of the sport itself. But still, these are fun-loving folks, and I hear all all kinds of great things about the way they tailgate. Won't get to experience that part of it on Sunday, but I'm sure that the festiveness is going to be in full flight for the you know next three days as we record this. I've had the good fortune of covering college football, being immersed in it, talking about it, getting paid to analyze it, whatever it might be, for over 20 years. I bring it up a lot these days because I'm reflective. I got I got a kid in high school. I got another kid in seventh grade. And, you know, time has kind of sped past. And, and I'm very aware of it these days. And I try uh, in situations like this to take a snapshot and leave an indelible memory um, like I did when I went to Norman, Oklahoma with my dad and one of my dear friends. And met my grandmother for dinner there. She's from Oklahoma. That was great. She lives in Florida now and has for over 60 years, but her childhood was Oklahoma. So we got together and enjoyed that. And the point is you, you do get less combative and less confrontational, and there may not be a better fan base to reflect, have fun, embrace, enjoy the moment than LSU fans. And I've been to Nebraska. I've been to Oklahoma. I've been to Michigan. I've been to Ohio state. I've been to Notre Dame. I've been to most of the, traditional powers around the country, several in the SEC, obviously. Um, Save for the West Coast, I've never been to a game at USC or anything like that. I've not been to a game at Oregon. I can't attest to that. But the point would be LSU fans have a way of embracing the moment and life and each other and opposing fan bases. Now, I'm not telling you there aren't bad LSU fans. Of course there are just as there are bad FSU fans and bad fans everywhere. But by and large, LSU fans are, hey, man, you're here. I'm here. Why don't we enjoy this together? We've got some food over here. we got some gumbo. Come on in. You're a football fan. I'm a football fan. The only difference is we root for different teams. And I just think that it, you really do. If you're going to be playing a team in New Orleans, it's pretty fun to play LSU. Well, and the good thing is we're more similar to them than we've ever been before because as you see the jerseys under the lights on Saturday, they're going to look kind of purple. So there you go. Or we're just yeah. becoming like each other even more. I, I just – I am like you. Because we played Duquesne, it doesn't seem this way. But we've been talking about the LSU game all offseason. It's never about Duquesne. So at some point you say, all right, we understand what's going on here. Florida State's as healthy as they possibly can be. For this matchup at center, given the bumps and bruises, we saw yesterday practice that Maurice Smith was taking snaps and Darius Washington was taking snaps during the observable portion of practice. All right, you might have some options there at center. We know that their defensive line is better than our offensive line. We feel our defensive line is better than their offensive line. Their receivers are good. Like we know all these talking points. Come on now. Let's, let's see it on the field, and let's see if we are as improved as we think we are. Because if, if that's the case, and Florida State is improved, and by God, if they win this football game, you've got two weeks of crazy hype before we go to Louisville, and that would be a ton of fun, too.
Oh, I want that badly. I want to immerse myself in the absurdity of the hype that you're describing. I absolutely want to embrace that, celebrate that. It's been a minute since Florida State had any hype surrounding its play on the field and its potential to have a good season. Let's just be honest about that, guys. Part of the problem is, is we've just had to shut up and take it. Walk to the next venue after the next venue with very little hope of doing anything that commands attention. And a win in this game changes that narrative, changes the way you and I feel, changes the way the Florida State's fan base feels, and I think gets the attention of the national punish. Now, we don't need their attention. I'm not clamoring for it. But if you win here, you will have earned it. We'll talk to Matt Moscona on the show today. Uh, he'll give us those final updates on LSU. Obviously, Lee Sterling going to join us as well. So just so many fun things on a Libations Friday. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Right here in our hometown is a local spot where you can take a break from all your worries. A place where everybody knows his name is Smitty's Tap House and Grill. Smitty's deep appreciation for fine craft beers and tasty bar treats sets the stage as the ideal local neighborhood pub. Want to know more? Just visit smittystaphouse.com to check out the full menu. Come see us at Smitty's Tap House and Grill on Thomasville Road, just north of Cary Forest Parkway. You'll be glad you came, where everybody knows his name. We all want more energy, more strength, more results. Well, welcome to Orange Theory Fitness as you take a step towards feeling more alive today. Backed by science, Orange Theory's heart rate monitored workout is scientifically designed to keep heart rates in a target zone, spiking metabolism and increasing energy. Orange Theory Fitness is a one-of-a-kind group personal training workout resulting in more energy, visible toning, and extra calorie burn for up to 36 hours. Experience a more vibrant life today with Orange Theory Fitness. To find out more, go to orangetheoryfitness.com. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I watch the rain and settle in, disappear for days again. Most of us will stay in, lazy like the sky. Welcome back, Jeff Cameron Show, Libations Friday. It's a loosey goosey edition, and one we celebrate every year because you can see on the screen if you're watching on War Chant TV, not if you're just listening on the radio or the stream or the podcast, but if you're watching, you can see Lee Sterling right now, Paramount Sports. He's the best in the biz. We've been working together for, I don't know, 20 years now. Lee, it's been forever. College football is back. Let's celebrate, my man. Welcome in. Good to be with you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What has it been? It's got to be, what, 15, 20 years now? Something like that? It's something like that. I think it's yeah. like 20 Long, years longer, like longer than most marriages. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that means we're having a lot of fun and, and hopefully making some money for, for your uh, – your podcast listeners and followers out there. So I'm excited about this year. I, I, the reason I think I'm most excited, it looks like we may not have a pause. We don't have to worry about a pause or, I mean, there were so many times the last couple of years, Jeff, where I would have one of the guys that works for me walk into my office and be like, uh, you know, that Michigan game, we're not going to be able to play that game. They got 14 guys out with COVID. So um, that's a good feeling. 
it's a real good feeling to have an uninterrupted season, knock on wood, and to have a good sense for what the personnel is going to be for our purposes, Lee, in terms of, yeah, we want everybody to be healthy, but in terms right. of betting games, you got to know who the hell is going to be out there. It's it's tough enough. It's tougher now because all the transfer portal. I mean, you got guys, it seems like more than half the teams, maybe 60% of the teams have new quarterbacks, and a lot of them you know, came from the portal, which I think is going to help play. I think you're going to see the quarterback play better maybe than ever before. But, you know, if you're just picking up the newspaper, one of the guys that would work with me on the weekends, I, I swear to you, Jeff, he would walk in here at eight in the morning, open up the newspaper and just start circling teams. And I hear him making his bets by 830 as he's eating breakfast. And I'd say, you really want to play Texas A&M? He'd be like, yeah. I'm like, do you know the top three quarterbacks are right? He's like, oh, no. Uh, so <laughs> um, it, it, it it does require more work. It, I've had to work harder than ever before. But you know what? If it, It's a labor of love. And when you win, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've talked to people about that. It is uh, more work than ever before. But, you know, then again, you pinch yourself and remind yourself that we both make a living working in sports. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, you and I are sports sports nuts and we yeah. seek to make money off of our sports knowledge and yeah. our folks need to know that we're doing the, the work. Right. And I know you yeah. do the work. Uh, how has it been in terms of the transfer portal? You hit on something before we get to these games that I do want to ask you about, Lee. Uh, and how has that worked with you? I mean, I know you used to travel a lot to yeah. spring games and some of that yeah. had to be curtailed because of COVID. I know programs kind of changed their policy with a lot of that stuff. Now, how, what, what do you do? What's, what has changed about your process before the start of a season? So instead of going to see 10 or 15 spring games, I might see two or three, but the good point is with all these spring games now, almost, all of them, maybe except for the Mac and a few other teams, you can watch them on YouTube. So, mm -hmm. you know, put them up on a on a 75 inch TV, and um, you can study a whole lot better. I just used to like interacting with the coaches, and the funniest thing was, um, I, I can count on both hands and both toes times that coaches would, you know, I'd be out there, I'd get a press pass, I, I'd let you know the college know who I am. Going to some of these smaller colleges, I would end up getting invited probably 25, 30 times to go out. Like when you go to a Kansas spring game, by the time the, the game's over, there's really like 20 people there. And you you ask a coach a question, you go up to them, they're like, oh, why don't you come out for dinner with us? And I go out with the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and they tell me stuff. You know, they'd say, you know, hey, you know, we don't match up with this team. We're probably the first game of the year. We're going to play both first and second units. We're not going to take a chance getting injured. But the next game, we do know this team real well. So you get little nuggets like that. So I miss a, a few of those things. But um, extra study has, has certainly helped me. All right, let's get to it. We've got right off the bat uh, a set of games here, some of which are just in terms of rooting or football intrigue. There are a few that are really good, few that aren't. But they're always interesting when you're gambling on them, Lee. So we got to know Clemson minus 21 and a half. Last year it was the Clemson offense that was simply dreadful for much of the season. And we were in the discovery process, right, of figuring out, hey, Clemson's yeah. defense is good. Their offense isn't. 
They're giving 21 and a half to Georgia Tech. I think Georgia Tech is a mess, but are they 21 and a half point underdog a mess? I don't know what Georgia Tech is doing here. They've got to decide. You know, they made the change. You know, said, okay, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, you know, run the the triple or whatever they call the quadruple option. Right. But they're gonna they just don't have a quarterback, Sims, that that can get him to the next level. Now, he was committed to you guys, wasn't he? Well, he was, yes, he was. Yeah, and then yeah. we, basically they, we, we told him we don't want him. Yeah, and then well, he beat us. And then he beat yeah. us. And he hasn't yeah. played well since. <laughs> no, no. Um, I still don't think he's the right guy. And Clemson, I think, will be better. If you look at the reports and you watch the spring game, DJ Ugele looked better in the spring game. Do I think he's a superstar? No. I think the shine's off, Clemson, to be honest with you. I think their defensive line's very good. I think their running back depth, they got three guys that can play, is good. But the offensive line is nothing special. Um, I think they might end up playing two quarterbacks eventually. They've got a five-star kid just waiting in the wings here. The receivers weren't doing anything last year. But Georgia Tech is just so bad. I think Clemson just blows the doors off them. They need to make a statement here. I'm going to lay the points here. I have them winning this game here, 48-14. It's interesting, too. The rumor has always been, for whatever reason, Dabo and Jeff Collins don't get along at all. So I get it. I I think he'll run it up if he gets the chance. And Georgia Tech's not equipped to do anything about it. NC State, a popular pick to win the ACC this year, may have the best team they've ever had. Uh, they've never won anything of any note whatsoever in their history. So this would be an opportune time to do it. they got a good defensive line. They start right off the bat in a game that many years ago used to be kind of fun because East Carolina could beat them. They're given 11 and a half here. Does East Carolina make this interesting? So I like North Carolina state better when they're the hunter, not being hunted. And they got a chance against Clemson because they already beat Clemson. They know what it takes. But I, I still think that they're not great. They don't have many guys where you're like, wow, I'm, I'm afraid of this guy. I, got, I need to game plan for him. But they do have uh, the entire coaching staff return, only team in the ACC that has that. They've lost three of the last four in Greenville, straight up. Just six and nine against the spread as a road favorite the last five years. And Holton Ehlers, quarterback, for East Carolina. I don't think anyone said this. You've seen him play, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Doesn't he remind you a little bit of Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow light? Light. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, He's yeah. a big kid, big kid, yeah, big yeah. kid. Um, I mean, doesn't have the best throwing motion. Well, most lefties don't, but if there's ever someone, I'm not saying his play is even close to Tim Tebow was in college, but I see some similarities there. And the guy's been there, it seems like, for 15 Long years. Time, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. As, as, as mediocre as, as East Carolina's been last couple of years, they were 108 yards per game. They gained more than their opponents last year, which, which is number three in the AAC. They should have had probably a better record. Had some key turnovers go against them, key times. They lost some close games. I think it's going to be a close game. I think North Carolina State wins 31-23, but I'll take the 11 points. 
Eyebrow razor there for NC State and East Carolina. All right, we're going to get to the game I'll be covering as I will be in New Orleans on a Sunday night enjoying Florida State and LSU. Obviously, Florida State fans crossing their fingers here that they can get a big win that propels them into a a, a, certainly at least a bowl-type season. LSU, kind of a great unknown with Brian Kelly coming in. We do know they have talent, lots of it. Yep. But they got to put it all together. It's their first game. LSU, I think this line was three when it came out. It's moved to two and a half. Some places have a three and a half. We'll say three for the purposes of our yep. conversation, Lee. Who you got in this game in New Orleans? Yeah, no bowl for, for Florida State for five years. And um, even after the win last week against Duquesne, um, the Heat still on Mike Norville. Uh, for LSU, they're going to start Jaden Daniels, the quarterback. He had 29 career starts. Um, he was okay, up and down. I think he's going to have a short leash. I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Nussmeyer ends up playing in this game, even if it's close. Um, he was breathing down his back during fall workouts here. So I think the learning curve in Baton Rouge is going to be shorter than expected. Are they at Alabama and Texas A&M's level? No. But they were coached so poorly. And then to have their coach leave and – have to pretty much step down during the midseason. That's a, a huge distraction here. And then also, um, you know, they got guys that can make plays. I think they have maybe a few more guys, and maybe they, if they can make that one or two plays, uh, that's the difference in a game that might come down to it. So um, Florida State also just 6-12 and 12 against the spread as a road dog here. I like LSU 28-20. Should be a good game, though. Should be a fun game to watch. We hope you're wrong about this league. Kentucky given 16 and a half. Mark Stoops has done a great job with the Kentucky program. I mean, it's all relative, we know, but uh, it's, 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 if you can win eight, nine games or 10 games as he has before, uh, you're a hero at Kentucky. Minus 16 and a half against Miami of Ohio. So you got Rodriguez. The the running back's going to be out for this game, and that could be big here. does have a propensity to turn the ball over. He fumbles a lot, but, you know, they lose their number one receiver from last year. Levis is a really good quarterback, and Stoops is a good coach. I mean, you know all about him. But um, I just think that Miami, Ohio is one of these teams that's just going to hang around here. I think their offense is good enough. They can score. And then Kentucky, one of these teams, you would love playing them as an underdog, but it's a favorite. You don't want to back them laying double digits. They get up. I've seen this so many times by 10, 14 points, and I've seen them run the ball eight, nine, 10 times. I'm not going to fall for that trap. I'm not going to beg them to have to score with four or five minutes to go in the game and go down the field. I'll take the points here. Miami of Ohio, I think, though, Kentucky wins probably by 10 to 14. You and I are on the same page so frequently, Lee. I've had to scream at my television countless times with Kentucky up 10, favored by 13, running the ball into the center of the line at the beginning of the fourth quarter, three plays in a row and punting, and me saying the game's not over yet. You could, you could, you know, throw the ball. You're allowed to do it, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and a lot of times, also on top of that, Jeff, the defenses knew it, and they were coming up. All you need to do is a play fake and throw the ball down the field. Easy touchdown, but, you know. That's, yeah. you know, that's, that's why he's still coaching at Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> 
out of a little bitter. Yeah. Uh, I lost a, lost a few, maybe five or six games because of that. <laughs> Louisville minus four and a half. That's Florida State's next opponent. So a lot of Knowles will be watching Louisville and Syracuse. Otherwise, it's hard to watch Louisville and Syracuse. But it's an interesting team, Louisville is. We all know. Uh, obviously, the quarterback is is talented. People are waiting to see if their defense has improved. They're only giving four and a half here against Syracuse. What are these two teams? Talk to me about this number with Syracuse, uh, an underdog by four and a half. So I think Louisville is going to be a very underrated team. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they had so many injuries last year. Everything seemed to go wrong. Ton of transfers. Just look up and down the offense and defense. They might have eight or nine starters. Uh, that came to him in the transfer portal. And it's not like Malik Cunningham does a bad job at quarterback. Right. Just didn't have didn't have the receivers. I mean, there's a couple times where they got inside the 10-yard line or even the 15, and with a minute two, two to go in the game, and they had receivers just drop touchdowns. I mean, wide open. So they get a little more production out of those transfer running backs and receivers. I think they're they're headed for I, I wouldn't say a special season, but that's a total actually like too. the win total over under with six wins. I like him to go over. I can see him winning eight, nine games. I like Louisville in this game here. They, they blew the doors off Syracuse last year. They'll do it again here. I'm winning this game here at 38 to 20. So lay it down with four and a half there. Your game of the week. I had a suspicion would be the game that you chose. It's Ohio state laying a robust 17 points against Notre Dame. Now, I know we don't make this pick because we want folks to know how to sign up and get this special pick and all of that, but I am curious, just a top-of-the-mind question. Are you surprised Notre Dame is ranked in the top five? Yeah, yeah. I thought they'd be ranked like 10th, 12th. Yeah. But it's it's the hype. You know that. I mean, yeah. I mean, every every year – well, what's crazy is, have you heard anything negative? Coming out of Notre Dame this year, I mean, you're here, Marcus Freeman, talking about coach. I mean, everything great. They are recruiting better. Yeah. Um, but you would think that they're right there. I mean, I don't think they're there, but we're going to find out 17 points too much could be. You want to get the game, call 800-400-9741. We started off since the first preseason game in weeks here on college football, 14-4. and four. So – we are on a roll to start the year. And I feel good after the week zero. If I would have put out every game, I think we would have gone eight and one. So Should've put out every game, Lee. <laughs> after the fact. Here's what's great about having that happen. When you're studying all summer and you lose, like you go one and four, one and five the first week, you're like, oh my God, was I looking at everything wrong? But the years where everything's going right for me, that for week zero has been really good. And so I feel good that I was studying the right things. And and even like a game I lost, New Mexico State, they lose 23-12. The opening line was like 17 points. It closed. I and, had the same game, Lee. Yeah, I lost okay. it by a point. I was so yeah. pissed off about that game as well. well That's all right. You have, you have a, if you have a 5-0 turnover disadvantage and you lose by one point against the spread, you saw things right. I mean – they were they were moving up and down the field. Oh, I'm still um, mad about it. We don't have to rehash it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the great wins. Let's talk about about, about Vanderbilt and, and yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah. By yeah. the way, Hawaii might have the worst defense in uh, Division One college football. That was unreal to watch Hawaii get boat raced like that. 
they were run all over. I think they gave up over 400 yards. I don't. Vanderbilt doesn't score, put up 400 yards rushing in practice against no. the scout team. And then to top it all off, they had a play where they didn't they didn't have a receiver covered. So I mean, there was one time I don't know if you saw this. They put Vanderbilt uh, near the goal line, put someone in motion, and three guys went with him. I mean, this is great. <laughs> Hawaii's in trouble is what we're trying to say, folks. Uh, sadly, I think Vegas is probably attuned to that after that performance. But I'm just noting uh, maybe some overs in Hawaii yeah. games. We'll, we'll have to see. Hey, Lee, it's always great, brother. Uh, it's going to be a fun season. I wanted to make sure we got this in, even though I'm on the road traveling. Good to see your face again, friend. Too, and we'll do it again next week. Okay. Sounds good. See you, Jeff. Take care. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Good to have Lee Sterling back on the program. Libations Friday edition of the Jeff Cameron Show as we are... Making our way into New Orleans at the time that you're watching this, but we couldn't miss out on Lee's picks. It's always good to see him. I know he's excited and talk about things have changed and how much they've changed. I've thought about it all week long as I've gone through the rosters, Tom, and I want to go back and look at Lee's picks here in a second. But when we talk about, it's funny, even talking to Matt Moscona um, the first time and you know, he's talking about that roster and 10 different players being drafted, nine players, whatever it was a year ago. Uh, and then what they're trying to figure out with LSU, we've all thought, what what is LSU? Um, the suspension to, to John Emery. Um, and then as soon as you start bringing up the players that are replacing the players. So, okay, quarterback, for example, Jaden Daniels, if he's the starter, which we think he will be, Arizona State transfer. Um, Noah Kane, the, the running back, Penn State transfer. So, you know, this is just now the normal lexicon, right, for us looking year to year, you're not going to see too many instances where if a team is tasked with winning right now at important positions where they're elevating a freshman, no, they're, they're going to go get a transfer portal guy. And that's exactly what Florida State's done. And in many ways, this game's going to come down to those transfer portal guys. Now, I don't even mean the ones that have been here for a while. I mean, like, the ones that just got here are all going to be hugely important in this game. And I think primarily when we look at Dimitri Emmanuel, when we look at the wide receivers that we're going to be counting on, those two positions, and then even Trey Benson at running back, right? Those, 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 are, those are going to be the guys. Yeah. Uh, it's well, Tatum Bethune on the other side. Perfect example. Yeah. You see, you got some love already um, nationally. Uh, his speed sideline to sideline was highlighted on several highlights on Twitter. Uh, regarding NFL accounts, like who would be on people's radar that maybe the country doesn't know about. Tatum Bethune's name, Tatum Bethune's name got nominated, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's just it's interesting to me that Lee projects the game to have Florida State produce only 20 points. To me, that has to be turnovers or missed field goals, something along those lines. I, I don't know, given that Florida State's offense has at least more balance to it, I, I don't know how you hold it down to 20 without something crazy happening. Again, I like got three turnover spot. 
terrible special teams mistakes, which is not that outlandish, I suppose, to, to project. In fact, that's predictable. Yeah, I, just as good as you know LSU's defensive line is, and as much as that is an absolutely academic win on paper for LSU over the Knowles offensive line, it's funny, in a weird way when he said that, it reaffirms my belief that the offense has taken real steps to becoming legitimate and consistent. Where I say 20 points, that's way too light. You know, if LSU is going to win this game, it's because they touch into the upper 20s and lower 30s and they edge Florida State. Um, I could e- more easily see LSU only scoring in the lower 20s than I could FSU. And that's such a strange feeling because I know how that sounds, but it just, the more I think about what this offense is going to be able to bring to the table, Week to week, the more I think that they're going to have balance across the board that will afford Mike Norvell opportunities to create mismatches and actually for those mismatches to count. If you last year were had a mismatch where it was uh, early in the season, Jordan Wilson against the safety, you're going to lose that mismatch. It wasn't until it felt like the Boston College game was a coming out party for Wilson. If you had a mismatch that was Pokey Wilson against the team's best corner, <laughs> that's not a mismatch. It's a mismatch for us. Mm-hmm. He shot Hilton. You go down the line, freshman Malik McLean. I think now with Pittman and Wilson on the perimeter and this stable of running backs, which are going to stay fresh because all of them can bring something to the table and they're not out of place when they're on the field. I, I think this offense is in a, just a better place to where if they only score 20 or 17, I'll be pretty shocked. Well, I like that you're that kind of bullish and I like the reasons that you, that you laid out. At least there is a, a logic behind it. And it's hard to argue with that logic. I'm not as bullish on the receivers as a lot of people are. I don't think Florida State has a good, a very good receiving core. Let's put it that way. I think they're average. Um, I don't think that a lot of defenses are going to look until they're proven otherwise. And once again, this could be the game where that's the case. But I don't think anybody saw anything on film against Duquesne that made them scared of Johnny Wilson and made them scared of Micah Pittman and made them scared. Maybe they maybe they looked at the two span and thought, okay, he's a little bit further along than we thought, and he's athletic. But I don't know that anybody's trembling about Florida State's receivers. And I know they're not trembling about the tight end. So I think the passing game is still suspect, Tom. I really do. Well, and that's where they could get held down. So here's why I think, the receivers bring you closer to balance. It's a one-on-one should be an advantage if you've got an average to slightly above average. Correct. So competent receiving, yes. you should have an advantage there. Right. And that's what I'm talking about is that no, I know. I last know. year, you, you don't have to be well above replacement level. A one-on-one should be a win uh, and, and enough that you can establish again, some balance at the line of scrimmage. I, I know I'm a broken record about it, but I think that's the entire goal for this offense to take the next step is for them to be in positions where defense has to play them a little bit more honestly. Yeah. Last year, they could have completely, they almost could have not lined up across the receivers in some circumstances. Yeah. It wouldn't have cost them all that much. But in- those things can be true, Tom, and still it, it's not enough in that. What I mean is I if LSU is able to single cover you, you know, I, I still think they'd have an advantage in walking. I don't think they're really all that worried about the big play of this offense via the passing game. Right. Um, you know, now Jordan makes big plays because he buys time and or he makes you miss. But I, I don't I don't think they're really worried about Florida State carving them up in the pass game. Well, and, and that's probably another thing where it's nuanced. We define our terms. I'm not necessarily talking about a 40-yard shot play or even a 20-yard shot play. I'm talking that Johnny Wilson is not soft, first of all. So. 
he can win on first down on an in cut and you're in second and four, second and three. And what that does for the running game, just that. I'm not talking about the fear. You're, you're not fearing for your football life that you're mm-hmm. going to get burned over the top by Johnny Wilson. Or, and Deuce Span hasn't proven to be consistently right. able yeah. to be in that position yet. So we'll see if they got some things schemed up for him. But irrespective of that, if you're in second and four more often with this offense, they've never been there. They've never been there in Tallahassee. If, if they can do that with some consistency, Jordan Travis at quarterback in a second and four with some of those basic plays that they run is a dangerous thing. And that's why I think this offense is going to be able to put up the numbers that the magic number was 31 and change uh, in the offseason. I think they'll be able to reach that number more often if they can win that first down play. And that's where I think, again, you know, you've got a larger strike zone for the receivers. So it's not always about splash plays and explosive plays. I'm just talking about down and distance leverage. I think they're going to be able to get there more often this year. I would love to see it hum, man, to watch it be confident, competent, consistent, if that happens, then I think Florida State season uh, really jumps up a, another, what, win and a half uh, or so if you were just going by percentages or chances. You know, I mean, I think it changes the entire trajectory. This is why I said um, that, you know, obviously when you look at this game, it's not the be-all, end-all game of the season, but right. it could very well be a wonderful indicator or – Obviously, an opportunity to reassess just how far Florida State's come the wrong way. I mean, I, they're better. We agree they're better. Uh, they could lose this game 31-20, to 20, and I'll tell you that I still think they're a better team than they were a year ago by quite a bit. But, yeah. but I, don't, I don't dismiss the idea that they may not really be an offense that is consistently solid. I, 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 they may go stretches still where they're kind of pretty well contained. Yeah, I'm not saying that that's not possible, certainly against better defensive lines where you might go a little cold, but it's just they ran really cold, really, really cold last year for long. Oh, for long, yeah. And and they didn't have anybody who could catch a punt. You know, all these little things that added up, they're in second and long all the time, and yet they still, when Jordan started, found a way to get to the result, and that's through the sheer hard work and scheming, in large part, of the coaching staff, and then also the fear of what Jordan's legs are. It's just that those those other areas that force them to be ice cold for quarters at a time, let alone two or three drives. Like you're talking about a quarter and a half, maybe five drives where you're saying, Jesus, we can't do a damn thing. They shouldn't go through stretches like that. We'll see. I'm also presupposing and, and a lot of this argument stems on what we think the receivers actually are. I'm not saying that they're power five good. I'm saying that I don't think they're soft and I think that they can win a one on one enough that you could get to those places that you're not going to run ice cold and, and it's going to be academic, but if they're power five average. Then Florida state's going to have a much, much better offense. Um, we'll see if it's a much, much better offense against a talented LSU team, by the way. So uh, of the things that stood out for Lee really quick, for those that missed his picks, uh, he liked Clemson to roll over Georgia tech, even though he thinks that they're a bit suspect. And I should make note that we both kind of nodded there. We're, we're hoping that that is certainly the case. Um, he thought East Carolina would cover against NC State. That's the one I'm going to disagree most about. I'm pretty bullish on NC State. In fact, I like that team a lot. I mean it in the context of gambling and win totals and yeah. talent. I NC State's good, guys. I, I think they are good. Uh, now, do I think that they are led by a you know a Mensa at coach? No, but I, I, has he been solid? Yes. Has he put together a program uh, that is fairly formidable for this season? I think so. Well, and, you know, a quarterback could be Tim Tebow light or whatever, but if you've got that front four, I mean, that, that's a good answer. 
That's, that's a real good answer. Yeah. Eat them through the air, which if he's Tim Tebow, he ain't doing that. He ain't doing that. Yeah, LSU given the three. Um, you know, obviously, I think this I, – I look at this, and you'll hear me say it when we do the pregame show. I think it's a three-point game. I think it's that kind of close. So I'm not out here advocating that if FSU loses, that they're going to get blown out. I don't think so. But I do think, it, I, I do think it's probably a three-point game, sort of a pick em type contest. Um, he doesn't like Kentucky giving up all those points with Miami of Ohio. Um, I'm not going to touch the game myself. Louisville minus four and a half against Syracuse. I think Louisville is going to beat Syracuse soundly. So I'm there too. Yeah, that's an interesting one. That that feels like a the first Vegas trap of the offseason or of the yeah. season where you go, what the hell are they looking at? That they only think that this is a four-point game. So you're saying it's a touchdown game. Um, well, I guess no, a little bit more than that. No, no, they're saying it is about a touchdown game because it's in Syracuse. Is that the carrier? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why is it that light? Is Louisville's run defense that bad? That's what that scares me. That That's There's, what that line says to me and, and scares me about that line is that, man, they think that Sean Tucker might run for 200 yards in this game. Yeah, I'm going to take the underway on that. I think that Louisville's defense is actually a little bit better from what I've read, and I'm not there in camp, so it's hard to know, and I don't want to say it definitively, but the guys that cover them seem to think they're a better defense this year. Well, if they're marginally better, if those guys are right at all, and they're marginally better on defense, we know they're going to score. So right. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm bullish on that game. I, I, a game, again, that I mentioned yesterday on the show, he doesn't have it on his picks here. Uh, but I, I like Illinois getting points against Indiana. I think the, the wrong team's favorite. Now, I got him at three and a half. That line's already down to two. You see it's changing. But I think I would take Illinois on the money line just to win the game. So that's something to look at there. I, I, I think Illinois – I don't love Fat Bill. I don't think they're on the cusp of doing something great at Illinois. But I damn sure don't respect or like Indiana. But and you've got your eye on Bielma more than more than most other coaches at nondescript universities. Like really. Yeah. Well also what Bielema's doing, no matter where he's working. I can't help it. Um, but the other part about him, and I I think that I don't know what happened at Arkansas. That got weird, but I'll just tell you that all of his teams at Wisconsin were tough. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he could run the ball, he he kind of played like a cold weather team should play. I would think that he's going to model Illinois that way. You're in Champaign, Illinois. You don't have the skill position players to get out there and sling it around. Play good defense and run the football. I, I would think they're going to play a lot of close games against middling teams. So I'll take points there. Yeah, you know, I I, I kind of like it. But either way, my friend, we're taking we're taking conversations around bets. And we're getting after it. This is what's so perfect. By the way, ParamountSports.com to give him one last plug. He'll be with us all year long. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Right here in our hometown is a local spot where you can take a break from all your worries. A place where everybody knows his name is Smitty's Tap House and Grill. Smitty's deep appreciation for fine craft beers and tasty bar treats sets the stage as the ideal local neighborhood pub. Want to know more? Just visit smittystaphouse.com to check out the full menu. Come see us at Smitty's Tap House and Grill on Thomasville Road, just north of Cary Forest Parkway. You'll be glad you came, where everybody knows his name. We all want more energy, more strength, more results. Well, welcome to Orange Theory Fitness as you take a step towards feeling more alive today. Backed by science, Orange Theory's heart rate monitored workout is scientifically designed to keep heart rates in a target zone, spiking metabolism and increasing energy. Orange Theory Fitness is a -a one-of-a-kind group personal training workout resulting in more energy, visible toning, and extra calorie burn for up to 36 hours. Experience more vibrant life today with Orange Theory Fitness. To find out more, go to orangetheoryfitness.com. 